1: This is Mike Maniscalco, and you're listening to the Tracking the Storm podcast.
0: Thanks, Mike, and welcome back, folks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And every week, thank you for being you, for giving us the chance to continue screaming into the void about Carolina Hurricanes hockey. My name is Brandon. Matt is not feeling good this week. Um he, I know he's got going, a lot going on. It's a busy time um for him so I am I did a call to the bullpen we had our buddy, our unofficial third member of the podcast at this point my guy Sterlo aka the guy you may know as Kane Stats Sterlo thanks for jumping on buddy always appreciate you uh coming on hanging out whenever well one of us isn't feeling up to it
1: Thanks. And tonight you can nickname me the Void because you can just scream at me about the Canes.
0: (laughs) You're the Void that I get to scream at. I like that. Um, And and again, you know, whenever it's just me and you, we get to misbehave a little bit. Um, We might not take like 30 minutes to talk about metal this week, but um, I I always appreciate not having Matt here to like talk me off the ledge so I can like really just say some dumb, crazy shit and uh, nobody will get upset with me for it. (laughs)
1: just don't do it on twitter they might they might get angry at your takes and call you cringe
0: i don't think i've been called well i mean i probably have just like i I don't remember being called cringe like on main i've been called (laughs) plenty of other things um what was the last one it was a hot take doomsday something or other i was just like okay but anyway um can't please everybody right yeah (laughs) yeah uh, we got a lot to talk about, man. Um, well, really just two things, but I, I, they're probably going to be pretty time-consuming. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, the Hurricanes got through the New York Islanders. They were able to... Finally! Go... <laughs> but, yeah, finally. Um, after a kind of disappointing Game 5 loss, they were able to go into Long Island. Frederick Anderson, definitely going to be a big storyline we're going to talk about tonight. The goalie discourse is going to be ramped back up. Boy, am I excited. Um, that's probably right there why Matt... <laughs> out for tonight he's like said all year he's tired of the goalie discourse but um we'll definitely get into some of that uh and then obviously we got a big series coming up to look ahead to the eastern conference semifinals against the new jersey Devils. should be a lot of fun between two very contrasting teams uh it's kind of going to be interesting to see which style prevails between the two um but let's start with the islanders uh It was kind of a boring series, if we're being honest. Um, Even for, like, us as fans of the team, I don't think it was the most exciting thing I've ever seen by any stretch. Uh, But this is kind of who the Hurricanes are going to have to be the rest of this playoff run. They obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about the injuries on offense. They're missing half their top six. Uh, and, And their defense, even before them, was really their strength. So... That kind of had to prevail in a series against the Islanders, who also kind of want to play that way. They're not a super high flying electric offense that's going to score a ton of goals. And, and we definitely saw that play out in that series. Um, but you got to, you know, the Hurricanes did what they got to do, right? Like it's, it's kind of what it comes down to. They made the plays they needed to when they needed them, guys. Their depth scoring has been one of their biggest strengths all year long. you got Paul Stasny coming in and scoring three goals, including the series clincher and overtime of game six. Um, Seth Jarvis has really been playing well. And then, of course, you got Sebastian Ajo up top, who continues to be an absolute stud in the playoffs and really up his game every single year. So, so what did you see up front in that first series that uh, that gave you some hope maybe moving forward?
1: I do want to make a quick comment because I you made me laugh over here when you said it wasn't the most entertaining series. Out of all eight opening round series, from an entertainment
0: standpoint, it was like by far like number eight. It's, but, been, a, it's been a great first round. So yeah. ad- you had the Kraken eliminate the defending champs. You had a great series between the Rangers and Devils. We'll get into that later. But, I mean, there, there was just a ton of intrigue around the league. The, the, the league finally won a series. The Bruins set a record this regular season. Best regular season of all time. And what happened? They lost in the first round of the Panthers. Who the hell saw that coming? It, it's been a great first round. And then the hurricane series was just so boring by contrast. I think the funny part about it is it's boring, but when you look at the two
1: teams, how they match up, it's literally like the two most defensive, stay-at-home type, teams facing off against the playoffs. So I don't think anybody was expecting like any six to five games, but it was very, it's one of those things, the hurricanes went in there. The Islanders were exactly who we thought they were. They were terrible on the power play. We are great on the penalty kill. We won the special teams battle. The biggest struggle I think from the first round was our five on five play. I think that was a little bit concerning, but Obviously, it would be concerning when you're missing out on top six talent. When you, you made the joke earlier, go into the bullpen and you bring in McKenzie McEachern <laughs> and his second game on the Hurricanes, he's on the top line with Sebastian Aho and Seth Jarvis. That kind of tells you where the Canes are mentally and physically for from an offensive standpoint. Maybe there's room for hope. I don't know if Drury's coming back in the series. I don't know if he even makes the lineup the way McKenzie McKeckern's played. I don't want to say McKenzie McKeckern's like lighting up the place, but there's definitely something about him in the board battles and winning the battles that kind of sparked that top line a little bit. So, I don't know if I would mess around too much with the line pairings, but I guess we'll see what Roddy Blundmore likes to do in the series. <laughs>
0: uh Vasily Panamara didn't make the trip to New York for game six he obviously didn't suit up but uh put my guy in and matter of fact put Jamison Reese in too you know I I do want to go back real quick um I I've kind of been saying all along why don't you put those guys in there they're the young you know energetic a little bit more offensive ability well on on paper anyway obviously we haven't seen them do it in the NHL yet which means they, they really haven't proven shit so it's kind of hard to say they bring anything at this point, but um, I, I, you know, I've I've kind of been going back and saying, step on Stasny. Those guys aren't giving you anything. They're slow. They're older. Those guys were, <laughs> were some of the Hurricanes' best players, especially towards the tail end of that Islander series. So I'll put my foot in my mouth on that one a little bit. Um, yeah. McKenzie McEachern, he's, he's big, he's physical. He kind of, I, I hate to even say this, but he brings some, A very, very small amount of the things that Andrei Sveshnikov does. Like, obviously, two different planets as far as skill level and, like, actual impact. But some of those things that make Sveshnikov such a special player, mostly just the power forward style. McCarrick does give you that. And I think that's valuable to have alongside a guy like Sebastian and Seth Jarvis. Jarvis, for all the, you know compete level he has and willingness he has to go into the dirty areas in the corners taking a ton of hits in that first round series and just keeps popping back up he's not a guy that you can really expect to move the pile and really you know be an impact physical presence and mckekern can do that um that exactly. creates lot, it creates a lot of space for guys like Aho and jarvis
1: yeah i was gonna say that was a really good point because jarvis's willingness to go into battles is bar none like one of his highest like it shows his compete level at all times, but with his size and his skill, you he doesn't need to be the one going into every single board battle. We need somebody else to go into those board battles to to fetch him the pucks, to give him those opportunities in front of the net, to help him get some space. Like Jarvis has had no space on the top line the last three four weeks, and then Mackenzie McEachern comes out there and just opens things up for him which is just crazy to think
0: about. I do want to stick with Jarvis here for a minute. Cause I, I want to say the way he continues to step up in the playoffs a, I I think that's really big for this team moving forward and for his future outlook. Um, and again, that's, that's been the book on him since he was in junior is he's a kid that he's never going to take a shift off. He competes. And it's why he was such a great fit as a hurricane. Right. And, um, You know, obviously he did not have the sophomore year. Everybody was hoping it was the dreaded sophomore slump. Definitely took a step back from a production standpoint and just from a confidence standpoint, he didn't look like he had the confidence he did as a rookie um, where maybe he had a little bit of that blissful ignorance where he didn't realize he was supposed to be as nervous as he should have been. Um, And and they're kind of starting to get a book on him. You know, that's happens all the time. That's why the sophomore slump is a thing. Right. Um, But I think, you know, obviously this is getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I think he's setting himself up to have a big third year. And, and it, we kind of expected that anyway, right? Like a hill balance back in the next couple of years, but the way he continues to perform in the playoffs, I think it ought to be really good for his confidence and moving forward in the next year, especially if he can continue to have a good second round series against the Devils. Um, that'll be big for him. Not only that though, but I was going to make a point that while he's in his sophomore
1: year, you can tell, Rod has even more trust in him now than he did last year. So killing penalties, you see, you see him in the penalty kill, getting valuable penalty kill time. Not even just like second shift. Sometimes he's out there in the first shift, taking shifts on there. He's getting very valuable time at the end of games against top pairing offenses, top line offenses. He's being called upon more than he was last year, and I think that's part of the sophomore slump. I I think he's going to grow into it because he's not. He's not losing out on the offensive ability. It is a little bit of a down year, but I think you can see Rod's confidence in him. And I think that says more than anything that he's going to be okay.
0: Yeah. And I, I think they all know he's going to be a big part of this team moving forward. Um, just sub year. And, and that's okay. It happens. <laughs> um, but okay. Yeah. Let's, let's move on now and talk about the goalie play a little bit. Um, It's obviously coming into game six, Matt and I talked about it a little bit. And if it would probably be a good idea for Freddie to get some work, probably in game six, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what we said. Um, Just because you can kind of see where he's at. Ronson had been good, not great. Um, He had kept them in a couple of the games and made some huge saves along the way. Also gave up some weak goals. And there were some times where you were kind of like, you kind of want one there, you know, save. Um, then Freddie comes in game six, has a fantastic performance on the road, gets the Hurricanes into the second round. He's got to be the guy, at least for game one. And we're kind of probably in a tentative place to see where we go from there. But he's got to be the guy in game one of the second round series, right? I I disagree.
1: Really? Interesting. I actually, I do disagree. So my mindset is, and I think I, I might be in the minority here, and I'll explain myself out of it. I think you want to go back to Ronta, in my opinion. And I think the reasoning is, you know you have Freddie ready to go. He just showed that he was a star in Game 6. But I think you want to give Ronta the opportunity to compete against that. You know Ronta's been really good at home this year. In my mind, I'm like, I would give Ronta Game 1, see if he's going to step up to the level that Freddie stepped up to in Game 6, and no matter the outcome in game one, you pretty much know where you want to go in game two. If Ronta lights it up, you can say, hey, Ronta, still your time, go out there in game two. Or if Ronta wins or has a little bit of an outing, you go back right to Freddie and say, okay, Freddie, go out there and show me you want it. You said it earlier when we were talking, you need a hot goalie sometimes. And I think you give Ronta the chance to get hot He's earned the opportunity to start in the playoffs. No matter how you feel about Freddie's performance, I feel like Rons has earned the opportunity to win his job back. I don't think he lost his job, but I think you give him a chance in game one, see what he does. And then no matter what, you still have Freddie ready to go. I still think no matter what, Freddie goes in game two or three, if you go in this option. And I think the same thing could be said about Ronsa. So if Freddie starts in game one, you have Ronsa ready to go also. So... I don't think there's a wrong answer. I just think, I think my answer is the right
0: answer. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I don't think there's a wrong answer, but what I say goes. I got gotcha. you. That's typical. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, man. I, I I think you go with Freddie because look, this is the reason this guy was brought in. Like you got Freddie Anderson to be the guy. You got him because he had some playoff experience, albeit not great. But we'll put that on the Maple Leafs. One, we'll put that on him. Um, you brought him here to be your one. And plus Ron has always been a guy that's performed better when he's not getting a ton of starts. He really started to wear down in that second series last year, second round last year. Um, and I just think, you know, if, if you can catch lightning in a bottle and Freddie starts to play like 2021, 22 Freddie, where he was a Vesna candidate. This team ceiling does raise a little bit for me, and maybe you can steal this series against the New Jersey Devils. It's it's touch and go, man. Like it, it's going to be a game by game thing. I think that's how Rod's going to play it. Probably going to go with his gut, but I think at least for game one, Freddie will be the answer. I'm with you though. Like either guy they go with, I have confidence in right now. They've both shown a lot in the playoffs. I just think you give Freddie the opportunity to build on that momentum um, that he. Got in game six. Now, the flip side of that, Freddie's been so inconsistent this year, and that's the one kind of thing that gives me pause. It's like he had games where he looked fantastic this year. He looked like the 2021-22 version of himself, and the very next night he'd go out and lay an egg against, you know, somebody that's not even that great. So it's, it's tough.
1: No matter what happens, I think your goalies are going to give you a chance to win. I don't think we have – below average goaltending I think we have average goaltending and I think average goaltending can get us far as long as we don't have below average performances so like Freddie's downfall was he did have a pretty off year in his standards I think I think I'm with you in the fact that his ceiling is much higher than Ronta's. there's just something about Freddie where he just can carry the load I think it's the experience I think it's the
0: ability over kind of composure and just like the way his calmness kind of seems to settle everything down in a way.
1: Yeah, it it's something about his yeah, like his composure. Like there's just something about him that it it just he just gets into his groove and he just sticks with it.
0: As long as he's not handling the pucks, I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. All right, let's 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 go ahead and do the ad break here. Actually, I want to go ahead and get that out of the way before we jump into the devil stuff, because um, I think there's a couple of different angles I want to take there. But tracking the storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to take just a quick few minutes and get a word from our two sponsors this week. Holla, holla. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently based solely on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on? Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio with the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. With gas prices skyrocketing, I mean, food's expensive right now. I tried to buy a steak at the grocery store the other day. The prices are just ridiculous on everything right now, man. Why not look to save where you can? And Raycons give you the best quality buds at a much more competitive price point than some of the other options out there. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for sound quality and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy-now, pay-later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. There's an easy and free return guarantee, and they offer two years of product protection insurance for just a couple bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping and have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Between the three customizable sound profiles, the noise isolation mode, and the crystal clear call quality, not to mention the water and sweat resistance and eight hours of playtime, I know I'll have my Raycons available for every situation that arises. It's the versatility, consistency, and reliability for me. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network to score 15% off. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. We got some fun series going on right now. How about the crack and continue to come back and post these big wins on the road Took down the defending champs, and now they take game one from the Dallas Stars. Of course, we got the Canes and the Devils starting tonight. How are the Canes going to fare against the high-flying Devils attack? And what's been a wild postseason so far, there's options out there all over the place. So get on over to DraftKings Sportsbook and don't miss out on these great offers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcasts for important offer details, and see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific, responsible gambling resources. And we are back. Um, Okay, so we left off with the goaltending. I kind of actually want to start and just ask you a very simple question. Who the hell is Akira Schmid?
1: Uh... I wanted to make a joke on Twitter about Shakira, Shakira, and go Akira, Akira, but I don't think anybody would have gotten it, so I decided not
0: to. No, I would have got it. <laughs> anyway, point is, uh, the Devils have a 22 year old goalie from Switzerland that I I think I'd seen his name like in a couple box scores or something over the course of the year. The Hurricanes did not see him. He actually played 18 games this year and six last year. Um, He only had an 8.33 save percentage in 2021-22, but he had a 9.22 in his 18 games this year. Very, very good statistics. And then you look at the playoffs. They go to him after those struggles they had in – well, actually on home ice. They struggled those first two games with Vitek Vanacek behind them, losing both those first two games on home ice to the Rangers. In game three, they go to Akira Schmid, and he goes – four and one with a nine fifty one save percentage over the next five games against a pretty good Rangers offense. Now, granted, I do want to throw it out there. The Rangers, I don't know what the hell happened to them. Um, <laughs> cause they did not In look. Like a, yeah. They looked like a not very good hockey team that I didn't, I didn't expect that. I, I, I literally tweeted after game two, the devils might not win a game here. Um, And lo and behold, they went one for the next five to move on to face the hurricanes. I'm glad they did. Like, I'll go ahead and say that. Um, I don't think I, we've talked a lot about the Rangers just not being a good matchup for the hurricanes. I don't think the devils are a great one either. Um, and we'll get more into that in a minute, but I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how the goaltending plays out because you do have experience on the hurricane side. You have to think the devils are going to stick with Schmid for a while here. Um, The way he performed after getting the call in game three, I mean, obviously, 951 save percentage is just ridiculous, even for a pretty small sample. Um, But that's a guy that, you know, he's not been on the stage before. Now he's going to kind of be the guy. Like, they're going to be looking to him to be their number one, like the guy that's going to carry them deep into the playoffs. And the way the Hurricanes play, you know, obviously, they're not a huge high-flying offense. We've talked about it but they're going to want to swarm the devils and get on their forecheck and just pepper shots through the net. That's the kind of thing sometimes can work in your favor against a hot goalie. You just start peppering him with shots, all angles, get deflections, get to the front of the net, make things tough on him. You can shake his confidence, especially for a 22 year old. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting point, especially early on in the series is to see how the goaltending plays out, both from the Hurricanes perspective with Ronson and Anderson, but also with, This guy that I barely know who the hell he is. (laughs) The Devils.
1: I think it's so – first off, I want to say congrats to the Devils and Devils fans because I think it's awesome. They've had such a great year. I don't think anybody in the Metropolitan expected them to be where they are right now, and that's awesome. I'm really happy for Devils fans because they deserve it. I'm nervous about one thing in this series, and it's probably the same thing every Hurricanes fan scared of. The Devils are fast; they are really, really, really fast. We saw them in the last game that they played against us. We would hem them in our defensive zone. We would play our style, and then they would just break out with these the, out of the neutral zone and just beat us up the ice. If we play. Rod style. If we get the pucks deep and just outwork the devils, I think we have a chance in this series. I think our offensive issues could withhold that. I don't think it would be necessarily the worst matchup. If we go in there trying to win games three to two against the devils, I think you're correct in the aspect. Like we just got to pepper shots and keep peppering them because that's the only way we're going to get shots through on him. We're not a finesse team. I think that we do have the better special teams than the devils we did score four shorthanded goals against the devils this year shout out walt ruff for that stat i think if our penalty kill stays hot that we have a really good chance against the devils don't allow the power play to be effective
0: Yeah, I think that's an understated part that we haven't even really talked about yet from the Islanders series is just how severely the Hurricanes won the special teams battle. Now, you did point out that the Hurricanes five on five play wasn't great. Um, But the reason they were able to win relatively comfortably in six games is because their special teams were so much better. The Islanders power play has been a huge issue for them all year long. Um, But the Hurricanes power play has been an issue for them, too. And it was able to actually capitalize on a few of its chances. If they can continue that and their penalty kill can continue to, you know, be as suffocating as they have been all season long, that's going to really sway things in the Hurricanes' favor. Special teams are so important this time of year. It's something I harp on a lot, mostly when I'm irritated because the Hurricanes are dicking around out there. But anyway. um, Carries the momentum. It it does. It does. And especially that's so important in the playoffs. Games one and two are going to be really, really important. The Hurricanes are on home ice. We know how they play in PNC Arena. They, especially in game one, I'm not going to say that if they win game one, they're going to win the series, but it feels like if they lose game one, they're going to lose the series. Like you just, you got to get on your forecheck. You've got to shake their confidence pretty quickly because they're flying high right now, man. Winning four out of five against a good Rangers team that a lot of people had pegged for a deep run. A lot of people said they was going to beat the Devils. Added Patrick Kane, added Vlad Tarasenko, went to the Eastern Conference Final last year, and now the Devils just kind of smacked him around after they kind of struggled in the first two games. They really smacked him around the last five. So I think if the Hurricanes can choke off their attack early on, get to their forecheck, they're going to have to outchance the Devils to win. Like, I don't see them going shot for shot with the Devils, not with how much firepower they have up front and having any prayer to stay in the game. If they let it turn into a track meet up and down the ice, they're going to lose. If they can get on their forecheck, make guys like Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt, all those guys defend more than they're playing in the offensive zone. You got to like your chances to wear them down, especially over the course of the series.
1: You've pretty much covered it. I think. I think you nailed it because, like, we're not going to win a track meet. Once it turns into a track meet, that's when classic Hurricanes take penalties. We we come out of the neutral zone after holding the puck for a minute. We turn the puck over and they get us up the ice. We take, give them penalties, give up chances. Running around
0: defensively, to get out of position, give up odd man yeah. rushes. Yeah, it's exact. Structure breaks theory. down.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of the Nashville series where Nashville just kept killing us in the neutral zone. And the Devils kind of have that similar style, except they're just run and gun. They're going to they're going to get the puck and they're sprinting up the ice for those chances. And it's just how they play. They have that style and they can get away with it. We we got to take advantage of it and keep them keep their talented players in the defensive zone and make them work. Because yeah. I mean, you you look at the Rangers and how the Devils played them; they kept the Rangers stars hemmed in the defensive zone the entire game.
0: Yeah, there's there's a few interesting storylines alongside you know what we've talked about here. Um, obviously, we saw the big hit, pretty dirty by Jacob Truba last night on Timo Meyer. Uh, Meyer didn't have a point in their first round series but he was really, really dangerous. I was speaking to a Devil's Rider about this a little bit, Um, and it makes me a little nervous because he had, like, 29 shots, I want to say, in the seven games and didn't score. (laughs) That should make you a little bit nervous if you're a Hurricanes fan because if that guy continues to get chances like that, if he gets one or two to fall, it could be a big problem. Um, I thought thought points equals good. You're right. All right, I take back everything I just said. Um, he didn't score any points. He sucks. The Hurricanes won the not trade. Anyway, um, Jack Hughes only had 5 points in 7 games after 99 in the regular season. I think he's he's one of their main guys that kind of took a little while to get going um and and really settling into a playoff series. You know, he he's another guy that's not really built for like a physical playoff series. And that's a, that's another thing I think the Hurricanes You know, they're not a super physical team, obviously, but if they can kind of try to get to that side of their game a little bit, you know, this is kind of what the playoffs are about. Physicality steps up when these guys cross the blue line, give them something to think about. You know, I'm not saying we need to be Jacob Truba and take anybody's heads off when they come over the blue line, but make it tough on their smaller skilled forwards like Jesper Brad, like Jack Hughes. Always down for a nice hit on Eric Halla, who incidentally led their team in goals and points in the first round. Really excited to see him come into Raleigh again and get booed. That should be fun. Um, but again, it's a team with a lot of youth. I don't think their defense is great. You know, they've obviously got Dougie Hamilton, who you always have to be aware of offensively. Siegenthal was a pretty good defensive defenseman. Um, but then like Severson, Marino, Brian Graves, they're good defensemen. They don't scare me. They're not like, oh, this is a really good defensive team that I think is going to cause huge problems for us. I think we're going to have a little bit more open ice, definitely than we did in the Islander series with the way they're structured defensively and some of their bigger physical defenders. But I think the Hurricanes are going to have a little more room to create plays. And the reason I'm bringing this up, I'm really looking for Martin Natchez to have a bounce back series. At some point, he's got to get going in the playoffs. Like he can't, it's, you know, especially right now, man, Hurricanes are down so much talent and you have to be, You ha- your leading scorer has to do something. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. We all know Sebastian Ajo is this team's best player and he probably would have won the scoring race within the Hurricanes, again, had he been healthy all year. But Marty Natchez had a big breakout year, the year we'd all been waiting on, 71 points, at some point, he's got to make his presence felt in the playoffs. And I think this series sets up a little bit better for him. Obviously, we talked about the Devils being a more wide-open team, but there's he's got to find a way to create some space and actually make some magic happen.
1: I think a lot of the nature's struggle was he had no space in the Islanders series. It seemed like every single time he had the puck, it was a turnover, like – I think that says more about the Islanders and the way they play defensive and the way they smothered our Fords the entire series more than Nature's. I do think you're correct in the aspect he's going to have a lot more time and space finally to do it. You saw he was productive on the power play. He did put up points on the power play with time and space. I think he'll have more opportunities in New Jersey facing the Devils than he did against the Islanders. But at some point, Natchez has got to step it up. There's only so much Sebastian Aho can do by himself. We need secondary scoring. Right now we're getting secondary scoring from Jesper Faust and Paul Stastny. (laughs) Seth Jarvis is doing his part. We need Natchez to just be himself. I mean, he doesn't necessarily need to score. He just needs to be himself, feel confident with the puck, make plays, and try to feed the puck to whoever Rod puts on his lines. We don't know who it's going to be, but if Natchez plays his game, he's confident and he's putting the puck right on somebody's tape.
0: Yeah, he's got to be more willing to hold on to pucks and get into the dirty areas. Like, he can't just continue to crawl to the outside, stop just inside the blue line. Little things like that go a long way in a playoff series. you got to work for your chances or you're not going to get them, and Natchez hasn't. Um really in his entire career in the playoffs up to this point. So hopefully the switch is gonna flip at some point. I said that right. I was second guessing myself. I was like, (laughs) the switch is gonna flip. Hopefully the switch is gonna flip at some point and the light will come on. Um and he'll start. Did the light just come on for you there? Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh too talented of a player to continue to struggle this poor this badly in the playoffs and i do want to go back i, I think it was something Corey lavalette a uh, friend of the podcast said um <laughs> we're about to find out if a team can win a series with Jesper foss being their most their best uh, winger or most impactful winger something like that you kind of cracked me up um turns out the answer is yes uh do i think they can beat the devils with that being the case Absolutely not. So yeah, Natchez, uh hopefully Seth Jarvis can continue to build and uh, the hurricanes can find a way to scratch this series out. All right. I, I don't think we have too much more to add here. It's going to be an interesting series. We talked about it in the open. It's very contrasting styles. You got a team that wants to choke you off, smother you control the puck and just not give you anything against a team that wants to play open in transition and create a lot of chances. Um, which style went out? I don't know. I do want to ask you two questions before we get out of here. I know you said predictions are sure backfire, but we're going to make them. We're going to make them anyway. Uh, number one, who is one player, and let's let's take Aho and Natchez out. One player that if he steps up, the Hurricanes are going to advance and take down the Devils. And then number two, I want to know your prediction for the series, how many games, and who wins. The one player who I actually I feel really confident in. I think he's ready to
1: go both sides of the ice, Jordan Stahl. Like he's just made for these kind of games. Like he's gonna get in front of the net, he's gonna bother Schmidt. He's gonna do his thing. But also he's gonna have to carry the load on the defensive side. I don't know if Rod's gonna go back to Boston Martinuk or if it's gonna be Nason Stahl Foss, but you know they're gonna get big defensive opportunities. The Selkie Awards went out today, and a lot of people were saying Jordan Stahl was snubbed. And I kind of agree. I feel like he's ready for this moment. Like, we need him to beat Jordan Stahl's score. Like, we need <laughs> him to show up. My prediction for a series is Hurricanes will beat the Devils in seven because I really want to see another game seven against the Devils Except I want to see it in Raleigh, and I want to see a victory. (laughs) It would be nice, wouldn't it?
0: Um, Yeah, I I like the stall pick. Um, He has one goal in 20 playoff games the last two seasons, only seven assists. Um, Obviously, he's not a guy that we expect to score 60 points, but he's come up with so many big goals over the course of his career. It just feels like a couple of big games from him could turn the tide in the series. Um, I'm going to go with Brady Shea. He really struggled in that first round series. Did not look good really on either side of the puck. He struggled on the power play on that second unit. A lot of errant passes just didn't look quite right. And as good as Brady's been all season long, 18 freaking goals. What a crazy season that was. Um I just think he's too good of a defenseman to follow that up with another poor series. I, I think he steps up and he provides a big source of that secondary offense the Hurricanes are going to need um, and, and ends up, you know, helping this team out. I think if Stahl, I, I think we had two good picks here. I think if Stahl and Shake and Step Up both have a couple of big moments in this series, the Hurricanes have their have a chance to take them down. I'm not going to lie. I love the Hurricanes. I have since I was – I think I was seven years old my dad took me to a game – um in that 2001 playoff run and i've been hooked ever since then man like i that's when i started playing i my eyes were glued to the game the entire time my dad always tells the story that he was like asked if i wanted something to eat and he said yeah bring me a coke or something or, or i said that and didn't even take my eyes off was going on it just sat right there and he was pretty much like yeah you go <laughs> but all that said I think the Devils are going to win this series. I hate to say it. I love the team. Wow. I just don't think the Hurricanes can overcome this many injuries. If I'm being realistic. Look, I know this is a Hurricanes podcast. I'm trying to set your expectations. I think, you know, I'm proud of the Hurricanes for getting here. They won their first round series and did it pretty handily. But I just think this is too many injuries. It's too good of an opponent. Too many question marks right now for me. Um, I think the Devils gonna get it done in six games. I hope I'm wrong. That's all I'll say. Why do you
1: always have to have the doomsday takes? That's my only question.
0: <laughs> I know I'm like the doomsday. I'm, I'm everything that's wrong with Kane's Twitter. <laughs> you said it, not me. I was the other part of that guy. I whatever. I don't care. All right, Starlo, you got anything else to add, my man?
1: Hold on to your butts.
0: <laughs> no, it's going to be a really fun series. Um, you know, I- I'm sorry for giving my unbiased opinion of what I actually think as like an analysis. I put the anal in analysis, um, analyzing the series. But that's just kind of what my gut tells me. Um, that's a lot for the Hurricanes to overcome. The Devils got the their big question was their goaltending. That was like the one area going into the playoffs. I thought the Hurricanes would have an advantage if this matchup came up, and now you got this freaking Dutch kid or Swiss kid, not Dutch, uh six five, twenty two year old coming out of nowhere putting up a nine fifty save percentage against a much better offense than the Hurricanes have. It's a little nerve wracking. But we'll see, man. That's why they play the games. They're not played on paper. So
1: my only comment really is wrong. like is like just enjoy it. Like it's gonna be no matter what, enjoy the playoffs. Like it's stressful, but you don't realize like how much like We invest all of our time into watching hockey and talking about hockey. Just sit back and enjoy it. It's going to be a fun hockey series. No matter if we lose or win, it's just going to be entertaining. Like, let's just enjoy it and hope for the best. Like, we, we know what level we can get to, and let's just hope that we get to that level.
0: You can't be mad if the Hurricanes, you know, maybe if they rolled over and got before nothing and looked like lethargic, that's one thing. But if the Hurricanes even give the Devils a series here, you can't be mad at this season. Like, it's no. shit luck. It's shit luck. They lost Andrei Svechnikov, a blasting superstar power forward. They lost Tevo Teravine, one of their best defensive players, and a great playmaker that has great chemistry with their best player. And they lost Max Pacioretty, who was their big offseason addition. Think back to before the season started. A lot of people picked the Hurricanes to win the Cup, and Pacioretty was a big reason why. That's a 35-40 goal scorer you're adding to an elite team. That was their big question mark, was it, were they score enough. You lose all three of those players, like, again, I, I, at this point, I'm happy they won a playoff series. I wasn't sure they'd get it done against the Islanders, and they stepped up, they played some really good Hurricanes hockey for a lot of that series, and, and they got it done. And that's what this year is all about, this time of year is all about. So, again, it's not hurting. about
1: looking pretty, it's about – Just getting in the dub no matter how.
0: And a point I've made a couple of times here recently, the Hurricanes are a some-of-their-parts team. You know, on paper, they don't match up. They don't even really match up on paper offensively with the Islanders, if you really think about it. Like Bo Horvat, Matt Barzell, Andrews Lee, Brock Nelson, they had some seriously good offensive players. And the Hurricanes had a better offensive series than they did because of their team structure, team buy-in because of the way they'd run through a wall for their head coach. So those things are important too, like especially this time of year against an inexperienced opponent. So again, I'm just going with what I think in a vacuum would happen in a seven-game series between these two teams as currently constructed. And I've been a pretty good reverse jinxer in the past. So hopefully I look like a moron again. Go fucking Canes, baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the spirit.
0: Anyway, guys, I think that's all we got for you tonight. I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap it here so we ni- so I can make sure to get it out nice and early tomorrow give we'll get plenty of time before the game starts. Sterlo, thanks again, my man, for coming on. Um, shout out to Matt for being a trooper, even though he couldn't make it here tonight. We miss him dearly, as always. <laughs> And yeah, man. Like Solo said, just enjoy it. This 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 time of year, it's it's stressful as hell. I I made that joke the other day. It's like I almost like it better when my team's not playing. But hey, that that makes this series a win win, right? (laughs) Either they lose and we can just enjoy the rest of the playoffs, or they win and we can keep being stressed out. There you go, win win. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you again in a couple of days. I'm going to let Matt close it out for you. We'll see you real soon.
1: It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.